Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Craze Cast podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you closer to the action. My name is Roxy and today I'm joined by my fellow host Jay and Robin. Hi. Hello. To keep up with all our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Craze Magazine and YouTube, The Craze. If you enjoy our content, please consider helping support our organization through Ko-Fi. Head over to ko-fi.com slash the craze where you can donate however much you please. And we thank you so much for your support. And I believe I took Roxy's line, but whatever, we're rolling into it. Hello. It's been a while. I'm hot. It's hot. We're, it we're it going to be really hot. It's been like a swamp here all week. And then um, that culminated in a hailstorm yesterday. So that's always fun. Weird weather. Yeah, we're in the middle of a heat advisory heat wave here. So it's fucking hot. And I have to go out into the desert lands later today. So joy. <laughs> See, that's why I don't like the West Coast. I can't imagine living in a desert. Although really a swamp is not much better. Swamp, there's mosquitoes, and I don't do that. <laughs> that I don't do. I grew up in the swamp, so I'm used to them. <laughs> Robin, <laughs> it, it's it's monsoon season over here, so so is it raining? Ew. It's also very humid. It's like Houston. I hate it. <laughs> See, I didn't think Texas was humid, but apparently it is very humid. The closer you are to the Gulf, it gets humid. So Houston was very humid. So Korea right now is reminding me a lot of Houston and I hate it. (laughs) Uh, Well, at least you're not dealing with the heat in Houston. And in Texas. Girl, I am. Just in a different fucking way. In a different, true. It's hot here, dude. See, I I hate when it's so humid that even when it's 75 outside, it feels like 90. For real. It's, it feels it, like, like that, that all week. It's 82 and it, it feels like 103. Yeah. yeah. It's gross. I hate... That's why my hair looks like this. Because my hair doesn't know how to do deal with humidity. <laughs> if you hear my fan in the background, sorry, deal with it. It's fucking hot. Okay. Ugh, I'm already... I woke up this morning sweating. So I'm Do like, you not have like central air conditioner in your house? And then you have parents who <laughs> don't want to turn turn it on. Girl, that is money well spent. I don't care how much it costs. Anytime my my electricity goes up, I'm like, I don't I don't care. I need the <laughs> I need the I AC. I want them too. I have a niece that stays here. I'm like, soon enough, we gotta turn this on because it's only gonna get hotter. <sighs> it's like when I woke up yesterday, um, and sorry, we're going off on a tangent so far. Um, when I woke up yesterday, I went downstairs and looked at the um temperature inside the house it was already 78 degrees inside the house i'm like this is inside the house not even outside i hate it (laughs) it's hot it's very hot anyways what are we talking about today well we just have a couple of topics today but i think the one we're gonna start with is it's not necessarily that topical anymore but um you know i do think there's still something to be said about it and <laughs> I have things to say about it. So um, we're going to start off by talking about the Netflix is drama. It's it's a drama, essentially. It's not really a K-drama. Um, 
Exo Kitty, which features Tachyon of 2 p.m. randomly. <laughs> randomly, I yes. saw that clip on TikTok. I was like, who, why the fuck are you in this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I kind of pushed Roxy to watching this. I, okay. Let, let First of all, big spoiler warning if you have not watched this drama yet big spoiler drama spoilers because we're gonna be talking about it and what it was and what it is um i don't think we're gonna get through most of the plot but there's definitely some influence of k-drama in there because there's a lot of tropes that you can find in the show there's a stupid amount of tropes like it started (laughs) to make me angry how many there were so um again big spoiler warning if you don't want to listen to any of that i'm sure eventually robin will uh put in a timestamp somewhere maybe we'll see we'll see where that goes depending on the parts or and or just, just go to the next episode yeah or go to the next part of this skip this entirely anyways i kind of pushed roxy into watching this yes this is a show geared towards a very very young audience okay. yeah which is why i had absolutely no interest in watching it to begin with Jay was like, you should watch this. I was like, why do I want to watch a show about like 17 year olds in a, in a fucking, it's like, it reminds me of like Zoe 101. It's like teenagers going to a boarding school. I'm like, who actually does that? Most people don't. I never thought of Zoe 101. Good is You know what? I didn't think about it like that either. But that just came to my head. But But see, I loved that show when I was a kid. And then like, I, I had oh. like a nostalgia trip the other day. I was like, I want to go see it. And then I was like, this is like the worst thing I've ever seen. The acting is terrible. Like the plot is stupid. Like, you know, they're getting a reboot, right? Yes. Yes. And I heard that Jamie Lynn Spears is a bitch. Are we surprised? No, no, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just like, it speaks to me as like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't see like how terrible writing is and stuff like the the writing in that was absolutely terrible and i do think that can be said about exo kitty to a certain extent the writing's better than so yeah. 101 but there are a lot of not good potholes <laughs> very <laughs> like they didn't do like they i feel like they glossed over everything and i think it's because they weren't sure if season two was going to happen and clearly season two is confirmed it's going to happen as to when we're gonna get it, who knows? Because as as we're rec- recording this, the writers and actors guild is on strike, so there it it's gonna be on hold for a while until we get a season two. That and whole course, thing has been wild to me because like right? all the corporations are like, yeah, we're gonna wait until they can't afford to pay rent anymore. I was like, that is like the worst thing anybody's ever vocalized. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel so bad for all these people because like these people are just wanting to earn a living. I know. And it's like me across the world like, yes, America, burn. Burn." (laughs) Don't say that. That's where you're from. (laughs) No, but like burn, it'll just change. No, me it's just me watching, like, and I'm like, see, that's why I left. That's that's why I left. America. Well, it just reinforces why I don't actually try to make a living in the entertainment industry. We do this for fun because yes, <laughs> no one can like tell it. us what to do. Right. Um. But I mean, like, 
with how that is going on. And I think there's a another conversation to be had because I've seen discourse and this could be unreal. This not necessarily related to Exo Kitty, but somebody is posting out there like, like there's a few people that I've seen, like, you know, that's why these companies now are looking to implement something that's similar to Korea where the way how it's done, like you just get it all done you have like one lump sum pay and you don't have we, we don't know what the residuals are here in korea or like they're they're trying to go outside of the u.s so they can you know navigate out of what the union rules are and so it's just like man this sucks so going back to it we don't know when season two will happen we know it is going to eventually happen but yes it is a show that is geared towards a younger audience the reason why i find it endearing is because it's like it it's so cute and cringe that i can't help but like it is it weird you know it like do you know what it reminds me of it's like it feels like a fan fiction right because it's like yeah it does you have the one main character that like everybody's in love with for some reason and I like I don't maybe because I'm too old and realistic I'm like that's like not that's just not realistic like you're not gonna have like six people that are in love with one person because that person is so amazing that's just like really not how it goes but I think as a teenager you kind of fantasize about that because you're Mm -hmm. going through a lot of uh, terrible shit your hormones Mm -hmm. are all fucked up so you kind of just want to think that everybody would like you mm-hmm. that's at least that's what I saw going on there but I I, I just like I, I couldn't like connect with it there yeah I started having fun with like the all the tropes in the beginning until yeah they added the I didn't like how they added like suddenly she had a gay fantasy it felt very forced and written by somebody that was like 100% straight that like does not understand any of that queer yeah like exactly it felt like like, it felt like a gimmick almost yeah yeah it's just like I for me when it came to like I'm all for it like if she's gonna be queer let her be queer but let her explore her queerness it happened like within two episodes and she's like suddenly like oh okay and I'm like I don't think that works for normal people like that (laughs) And I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, identify as straight, so I can't necessarily say I know what it would look like, but just yeah. from the outside looking into me, it seemed like they just kind of shoved it there to, to add it as a plot point. Yeah. And it didn't really seem like authentic to me. It was just like, oh, now she has like, she has a crush on Yuri and it's like, but yeah. she it's hated Yuri the whole time. What? Like, and then all of a sudden just like one like night out changed right. everything. And I'm like, Cause like, if you flip that the straight way, I also think that's stupid. Like if you hate a dude and then suddenly you're attracted to him and now you like, I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. And I think so. we're just more normalized that way. And so my hope is in season two, please flush out her queerness a little bit better because it just happened so quick like this that I'm like there's still room to work with here but yes don't shove it in our faces like I was all for it's like you know I'm fine with it like hey more more sauce to what it is but you it could be better (laughs) fleshed out 
for that. Like, point. it's fine to add that as into the story, but like, do it better than that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's like, that was my only thought. I was like, okay, this is stupid. She's been in love with her boyfriend this whole time. And then suddenly she liked the girl. Yeah. Like, has there not been anything before that? Has she not questioned herself before that? Like, there's not, it's very surface level is what it was. Where's the character development? Exactly. There's like, (laughs) you know, maybe we're just like old and want that. Like, I don't know how much a younger audience cares about character development. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if you think back to all of the the shows that you loved as a kid, like, a lot of the times they just, like, throw things at you. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, like, okay, and I grew up on SpongeBob, it. right? Okay, and it just opens up and you are with sea creatures that do weird things. Like, that's just it. There's mm-hmm. no there's no fleshing out to begin with. So, like, yeah. you know, maybe that's what's going on. But uh, it's kind of hard not to look at it through mm-hmm. a deeper lens when you're older, I guess. Yeah, and then I I just felt for um, Day's character because I feel like he is the worst written character out of the entire cast, unfortunately, because there was so much potential for him. You know, like I get it for so his trope is is like I like I'm in a weird financial spot. I can't afford. So there there's that trope of I can't afford to do this, so I have to you know. I have to make a fake contract, fake girlfriend, you know, fake deal. So I continue, can continue with this scholarship, being able to stay at the school. The whole thing. And there was room to flesh that out a little bit more better and give him a better character rather than him just coming off being like, I'm hiding something from my girlfriend and I can't say the truth. And I suck at communicating this entire time, but I still have feelings for this, like, and I got really annoyed because like every time he would like try to tell her there would be an interruption I was like this happened like six times can we like it like I feel like it would have been a little more dramatic if they did that a little bit early on and just had the tension between them longer I also didn't like how he started to have a crush on Yuri did he and it it, that's kind of what they were implying because like obviously Yuri is having an issue with her parents because she's gay and they don't want her to have a girlfriend or whatever. So she has a fake boyfriend, fake boyfriend AU. Um, (laughs) And like, you know, at first he resents her, but then they're like hanging out and he starts to like be endeared toward her. And like, she comes to his family for, I think it was Chusok or whatever. And like, it's, it's implied that he's like developing feelings for her, even though he knows that she's not straight. And I'm like, can there, there's not any real universe where like five people all crush on each other in the same friend group. Like it just, that's not how it happens. So like, I can't get past that. Not at think. the same time, at least. I know because it's like, it's like, what is it? Day likes Kitty and K- Kitty is in love with Day, except now she has feelings for Yuri. But then like Day thinks that he has feelings for Yuri. And then like Minho's over here and has like, like hate feelings for Kitty. And it's like, there's too much happening. Like, the only one I could stick with was, like, the gay best friend trope guy. He was just, like, he was just hanging out. And I was, like, I appreciate this one. And he just had his single relationship, and they were chilling. And they were not involved in all of this bullshit. And then there's, like, the random white girl that's chasing Minho. Do they have to (laughs) add the, like, really annoying random white girl? Well, her character is also, like, I'm a rich foreigner who's coming to a different country, and I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, they made her, like, they made her, they almost made her Koreaboo-ish. Almost, yes. But, like, she came through at the end. She clutched through. 
and she's like dude you know like hello feelings <laughs> you know I, know, but, I just like yeah and I mean also it's just like okay this is so outrageous <laughs> like okay this is all happening I feel like the only one who had pretty much a solid storyline for the most part is Yuri like also because she like you know she had one goal in mind to be with her girlfriend I know but like her personality changed constantly yeah which was annoying because it's like oh she's nice now she's mean oh she's nice again now she's mean oh but Kitty's attracted to her so she's nice again I'm like can we just it felt almost like um like she had the most consistent storyline but almost like she was a clean slate that they just like plot around to figure out how her behavior would be not like mm-hmm. not that she actually had any like personality but they decided at wherever the point the story was if that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah so aside from the plot I just enjoyed hearing all of the k-pop that was in there <laughs> that was also the main reason why I stuck along with it I was like oh what songs are they gonna put on this on the show now it makes me curious to what songs they're gonna use for next season too and it wasn't all k-pop for this soundtrack let me just put it out there there were a lot like there were a few indie artists that I never heard of that I'm like oh wait I actually like that song but that's not the point hearing all the k-pop that was in the show was just like huh it would be so random too like I feel like in the first episode there's like hot by 17 pink venom yeah there was some stray kid song i forget which one it was but i maniac. was like jesus maniac yeah, they, they had maniac and then though i think still my favorite insert song that they use is darling from 17 because it's just like it 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 um it does follow the trope of you know meeting for the first time after a long time i'm like wait this shit's cute stop <laughs> stop like this part like wait capturing this moment in time and then okay I was just like I am such a sucker for stuff like that so I'm like hmm, why is this cute and why am I still watching this but it's so funny at the same time <laughs> and then it, go ahead I don't know because like I had fun with how ridiculous it was and then toward the end I was like okay this is dumb and I didn't even really want to finish it and then, like, the way that they ended the season, I was like, God damn it. Like, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Because, again, spoiler warning, Minho is like, I think I'm in love with you. And I'm like, but I was rooting for him the entire time, even though I did like Day. I was rooting for him because I am a big fan of the enemies to lovers. Yeah, there's another trope for you, enemies to lovers. <laughs> I I do like that trope. So <laughs> they they hit pretty much everything that you could hit in this. I feel yeah. like, like Ro- what Roxy said, if you are into fan fiction, this kind of serves what like that teen fantasy, being a young adult fan fiction type of thing. You know, it it always makes me wonder because like a lot of the not just exo kitty specifically but there's a lot of the romance sort of stuff that they have is like centered around high schoolers or like college age i don't think there's enough representation for like love stories when you're older 
And I don't, mm-hmm. and like, it always makes me wonder because obviously it's adults writing this. So like, how are adults writing romance stories about high schoolers? Like my they brain got those can't. Books, they got those books from high school ready. Cause like, like <laughs> I've been waiting my whole life. <laughs> because like to me, right, I'm 30. Okay. So yeah. thinking back to being like 16, 17, I'm like, that was like the worst time of my life. Why are people so obsessed with like dumb little love stories from like your, your teenage years, which are like generally pretty awful. Cause like you're going through puberty and you're trying to figure yourself out. You don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, and you're just full of feelings, like, and everything terrible happens. Just like, I don't understand why there's so much focus on that. Like I started watching, I watched um, a Japanese drama version of Kimi ni Todoke. Is that how you say mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just made me realize like how many like mangas I read or like animes I watch are high school centered. <laughs> especially mm-hmm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why the fuck is this a thing? Like, why can't because we have kept, mature office notebooks. romances? They kept I their did. notebooks from high school and being like, I really like Jason, but <laughs> Jason <laughs> Jason looked at me in second period. I think we have something. <laughs> On October 4th, he asked me what day <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna insert that meme aren't you <laughs> on october 3rd he asked me what day it was it's october 3rd you are definitely gonna insert that whatever fucking day on october it's october, october 3rd october 3rd, 3rd yeah. he asked me what day it was it's october 3rd <laughs> i mean it really do pee like that like <laughs> no it's fucking like... it's, it's <laughs> Lindsay lohan's fucking thing from mean girls she was as she was writing about him yeah and that then, was like, her inner done. monologue. Also, like, 17-year-olds living by themselves, like, they're 17 in Exo Kitty, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that there's, like, this whole independence thing when you're a teenager, but I feel like it's, it's just unrealistic. Like, the, the this, okay, what kind of girl would be like, I want to go to Korea by myself when you're, like, that young? Like, you might think you want to, but as soon as you get there, it's going to be fucking terrifying. Okay, but to be fair, she had, aside from her boyfriend, her other ulterior motive was because she wanted to relate to her mom, who has, in the show, and if you watch the To All the Boys, um, I Love series movies, the mom's not present because she passed away. So that's some brief history on that, but she also did it because she wants to feel connected to her mom, because her mom went to that school. Oh, let me not even let me not even jump into the the whole plot of how the principal and the mom used to be friends and there was like a hidden animosity there when it turns out that it became an adoptee story and I didn't like how they fleshed out that adoptee story either it's weird when like everyone there is connected there's no one that's not connected in the entire Mm -hmm. plot line which I get is like part of it being like a story but like, why did they have to add, like, the really mean guy being, like, the, being oh, in, yeah, right. like, being that in love with the principal the... or whatever? Right. And and they didn't, I feel like we don't know his character. I just realized my camera is blurry. Anyways, when it refocuses, doesn't matter. Um, I didn't like how his storyline was so short because there could have been better development about him, too. 
Like they just painted him as he's a hard ass teacher. That's yeah. It. I have to say though, the fact that like the one song they were all listening to was the Tears for Fears, Everybody yeah. Wants to Rule the World. I was like, I feel so fucking old that they're having like, they're using this as like for the old people. This is a song it, all the old people liked. And I'm like, well, to be fair, it is also a callback to the very first movie that is um, their mom's song with their dad. Like that was their song, you know, like how everybody has their own, every couple has their own song that became, it's a recurring theme throughout the whole entire series. So that's a callback to that. That's why it's there. But yeah, it's still like, it's like, oh, we couldn't have picked other older songs. <laughs> exactly. Like I remember that song. That was a song my parents used to play when I was, you know, growing up. So mm-hmm. I was like, now I just feel really old. All I do anymore is just feel really old yeah so i mean i don't want to i still liked it even if it was a trip and a half i'm curious to see how they're going to flush out this whole new possible line of minho versus kitty in i also the, the one trope that i really hate is like being in love with your best friend's girlfriend which is what yeah. minho is Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And maybe because um, I may have personal experience with that. I just like fucking hate that trope <laughs> and I hate the concept of it. So like, I don't like the idea that like somebody would pick a significant other over like close friendship. So when they have Minho like confessing, I'm like, God, God damn it. <laughs> that's, that's not yeah. what you're s- supposed to do. Well, like, I mean, oh. you are for the romance plot, but like in the real world, yeah. like that's not the right decision to make. And it never is. It's bros before hoes, essentially. There's a reason they say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't like that trope, but I do I do think him and her are funny. I like yes. them together, but. Literal Tundra. What's wrong, Robin? <laughs> she said bros before hoes, and it reminded me of that fucking reality show. What is it? Terrace House, Japan. And they were telling the baby oh my god the baby the little baby that was like 21 and he was like bros before hoes in there and then, <laughs> oh, you saying that just reminded me of that oh yeah i hated that okay sorry no you're good you're good you're good yeah it um and also if you want to put it into the other way it's um sisters before misters by the way <laughs> oh is that the clean version of it i've heard a different one but i don't uh, want to say it yeah that that's the other one but I'm just like yeah it was just like I mean I know he tried to fight it for so long but you kind of knew like off the get-go like it's like uh, yeah these two are gonna have a Tom and Jerry type of relationship and it's yeah. just like uh, it, again I just hope in season two um it's more solid with the way how it's written considering that the season two has been established so please no up and downs like every second fucking episode please just you know uh conflict resolution and then wait a couple conflict resolution please you know i always i i always wonder because i didn't look up the ratings of like how shows like this actually do with their audience i know people were talking about it because of like the obsessive use of k-pop in it um it- um it hit number one upon release i will say that 
um like for a good cu- first couple of days since the release it was number uh in the top 10 and number one on netflix um because i know they i saw all the social media go out for it which i i kind of like their campaign for their social media because it, well it's just aesthetically pleasing in terms of all the colors um but uh yeah they hit number one um and then they stayed in the top 10 for a bit but actual numbers is that even public domain can we can we even look that up uh i don't know i was just i was just curious because like it's not a genre of things i usually watch so i just don't Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh i don't know it made me it just reminded me of like stuff i used to watch when i was younger and then there were so many tropes that started to make me angry (laughs) it's like how many can you hit at once and then i was like sure to hit all of it how how do you establish yourself as like an author for young adults or for teenagers like are you aware about all the plot holes that you make is that on purpose you know that's what my question is like because I feel like there's a certain tier of writing like it has to be it's not supposed to be as complex as like I'm trying to think of an example of like a super complex drama with like a lot of um plot lines are like very serious different I mean I'm thinking the glory because it's so intense Mm -hmm. but I don't know if that counts as like a good comparison it's just like I just always feel like the writing is lower and it's probably because it's for an audience that's younger Mm -hmm. um but well also I just feel like to all the boys was an actual book series. Exo Kitty is the spinoff, and it, there is no book series to it. So, I feel like as a book, Exo Kitty would work much more better to flesh out all those plot holes, right? Um, because how many episodes was it? Was it twelve or sixteen? I think it was sixteen. But also, that makes me think. How much is the director changing the plot, right? Because they right. they take over and don't necessarily go with what the writer wrote. So right. And I'm also thinking about like disasters because of directors like uh HBO's The Idol. Have you heard about that one? Mm-hmm. Jenny's in it. I refuse. Well, but like I'm just saying I, that's an example of where a director can like destroy an entire storyline. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody has says that that show is so poorly written <laughs> that it, I just like always bad. wonder if they're like surrounded by yes men that are like yes this is a good idea softcore and, porn for five episodes let's go and I'm like how do they and, get, how does it get through being that bad or is it like how many things even though Jenny Han is an exec like she's a producer and she is the original you know writer for the all the boys series how much of her stuff gets vetoed because of Netflix right how much is that like really does she want this year and you know to an extent she's not writing everything and she's working with a team of writers most likely so it is that whole thing of you know wanting to put something out authentically to you and your work but also I gotta please these studios you know it's that I just always wonder who makes the decision that makes 
like a story worse. You know what I mean? Like, right. did they, you know, if you're the original writer, this is why I would never want to actually work in Hollywood or have any material that I make go to Hollywood. Because how, how often do you present something? Like, let's say, hypothetically, they present the idea of Kitty being queer. And like, she writes it better than what it came out as. And someone vetoes it up higher. It's like, no, that's too too complex. Do it like this. Just throw it in there like this. I always wonder about that. I'd always want to see the behind the scenes of like what goes on, but I just know <laughs> from experience that like anything that you see the final product, there was a lot that went behind it. That's probably. There's a so lot great. of editing, really. A like, lot of editing. It's not just the editing of what, the way how it's cut. There's a lot of editing in the writing and how it's produced. And so that's why pay your fucking writers. If you pay them well enough, you know, they'll put out really, they'll put out much better work. That's that's where the disconnect is between people that run the money and the, it's the same thing as like business versus creative, where it's like the business people think they can get AI to write things that's good. But have you ever seen like an AI written movie? That shit is so funny because it's like, it's completely incoherent. Anyway, I've I've heard people talk, yeah. talk about like Netflix is thinking about hiring not hiring, uh, using AI to write it. stuff. That, yeah, implementing that's AI. One of the main reasons as to why this writer strike is happening. Yeah, and like, and also act the actors too. Because did did you recently hear they want to implement one of the proposals for SAG-AFTRA? AFTRA was that they want to implement a whole face scanning thing and mm -hmm. use their likeness, and they would only pay these actors only one day's of work, and you don't get any residual. And they yeah, I'm not surprised. And you can use that face, you know, it's free to use now at that point. And like, I guess it's already been happening in Hollywood, but like, no, pay these people, pay your actors, pay your writers, pay your staff, you know, what they deserve. And, you know, I think it comes down to, you know, if like, yes, I understand, like there is the whole company like Netflix and Disney and all of that. But, like, you need to give these creators the freedom to write the stories that they want and not literally change the whole story. And that's what's happening to a lot. And I mean, a lot of the shows that you're seeing. And that's Dude, why they're trying, you, trying to could, go outside, outsource it. You could go down an entire rabbit hole about why everything mm -hmm. in Hollywood is awful and terrible and you should not be supporting anything that goes on there. So... <laughs> Let's back off that before something happens. Um, yeah. Especially since you're in California. So let's just not dive into that. Anyway, it was help. it was a trip uh, to watch that. And uh, if you do want to watch it, don't go in expecting um, the most amazing writing that you've ever seen. Or I would like, say it's, it's extremely mid at best. It's, it's not groundbreaking. It's not. But for what it was, it is a cute. It's cute. It does make you smile at times and you're just like, if you, and if you're just there to look at the people, I mean, you're going to have a good time just to look at the people because all the people are very good looking. Whoever picked this cast was just like, yeah, <laughs> like they're all good looking. What the fuck? Like, this is like, how do you just pick one favorite to look at all of them? So if you're just for that, on that kind of surface level, you'll enjoy it. I I'm still going to look forward to season two and seeing how that goes. And who knows if the if this podcast is still around by season two, I'll give an update of how I felt. 
Our next topic is something that I think all of us have sort of been noticing in recent times. Um, I would say probably within the last year ish mm-hmm. um, is sort of the way that the K-pop media space is changing, especially when it comes to fan run content like us or people that were YouTubers, you know, back before K-pop exploded totally in uh <laughs> in the united Robin's states still active. <laughs> robin's still active partially not partially. even i have given up on my youtube channel <laughs> well you know the, even like our our founder connie was like a k-pop youtube react mm-hmm. channel back in the day mm-hmm. for a very short period of time mm-hmm. um that was like that was back when all of the people were in chat rooms together because it was like gen gen 2 so like I don't know and what size like the fandom was back then on the internet, but I imagine it was small enough that everybody kind of knew each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's kind of how it was because I don't know how me and Robin met. We just met somehow. We met through one mutual person, and then I find out Robin knows all of these other people, including <laughs> Ashley, who's I know, know like everyone robin knows everybody like she knew everybody back then and everyone that like what had a name in like k-pop youtube i knew yeah that's what i'm saying it's like i feel like that's gone yeah and that like a lot of people that were involved are gone like the only like k-pop react youtube person that i see regularly anymore is jerry and he's not even as regular as he used to be right and And i don't think he's even on youtube anymore he his is up- he he just uploads stuff on his- Twitch. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. And he that's where he shifted a lot of his content onto Twitch. And I mean, probably earning a better revenue. My- <laughs> I don't know. I've heard that the Twitch revenue just took a nosedive recently. It did, real bad. but at least he's still take earning a he's probably earning a lot more compared to YouTube. I mean, I, I don't subs. know. So Yeah. But yeah. So I just is, and I also feel like there there's a shift in like outlets that talk about K-pop, right? So we started in 2016. And when we started, I think there was like Soul Beats. I don't know if Soul Beats is still around. Soul Beats was there. Um, cult Scene just recently shut down. Um, and that was run by Tamar and uh, Alexis, who now have like actual journalism, you know, uh, careers in K-pop. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like, we've been seeing people that were around when we came around shut down. Um, there have been a few that popped up in that time, but I feel like there's less than before. Um, and it just seems like it's shifting to where like mass media is taking over the K-pop space. And it actually really makes me sad. I feel like it gives less of like a I don't want to say less authentic because I know that a lot of the K-pop journalists that do it are still K-pop fans that like mm-hmm. care about it. But it just maybe corporate is the word I'm thinking of. It seems a lot more corporate. Yeah, like because like we I mean we know people who are still part of bigger um outlets who put out really great stuff and you know that they're into it. Like um person who I enjoy reading their stuff is Crystal Bell I, I when I know that if she's gonna drop an article I'm you know I'm reading it same goes for Tamar same goes for Alexis if I oh well I can't read uh when 
Alexis poses anything from Remescla because unfortunately I can't read Spanish but like um <laughs> like when, when it's stuff like that you know like I I get really happy to see like they're still in it they're still going for it and they're still putting out really quality work and not to say that any of the other outlets that we know they're putting out really like the smaller ones similar to us um they're putting out quality work it's just we're getting overshadowed now and it's like i feel like what really kept what helped at least k-pop in expanding in the west was the fan run stuff yeah and like the the community around it i feel like the community has kind of like exploded out and gone away because like people now are instead of being like k-pop stands you're a single group stand and then you pick fights mm -hmm. with other groups mm -hmm. so like there's less unity in it it just feels mm -hmm. less communal to me than it used to, yeah. which I don't like. And, you know, it's nice to see that at least the people that were there in the beginning do still get work, you know, at major outlets. But like at the same time, that is also starting to run thin. Like yeah. some of the bigger um, publications are just san sending random people to cover the K-pop stuff instead of having like a designated person that like knows the K-pop space to cover it. So, mm -hmm. like, I, I remember specifically, I'm sure I've talked about it once, that people got all up in arms about it. When Super M was touring here, um, I believe it was a paper in Houston sent out a guy to cover the Super M show. And he was just, like, super critical and said, like, Backhand didn't even actually sing during the entire show, like, saying things that weren't true. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's, like, I just, it's kind of along the same lines as, like, the writer strike, as in, like, the business is not putting quality first they're putting quantity and whatever makes the most money first so if they don't right. want to pay the writers that know what they're talking about to cover this they're just gonna send the assignment to someone else so it's like mm -hmm. I just like sometimes I don't even want to read like big publication stuff about things because I'm like is this going to be from you know someone I know as like a good resource or is it just going to be you know or are they reusing stuff? old material that are from years ago is like okay like it's been done repeated can we can we get new content out of them and I mean to an extent we've been on the other side where you know there has like what fans don't know is that some there are some things where even then some are some stuff is still curated you know it it's not good it still has to go through like yeah, management oh. yeah yeah a lot of times um there's not really a lot that you can say um you can send something and they'll be like no don't talk about this like there was an issue or not an issue there was a uh, situation or an experience where we did um we did do an interview um and asked a question about something that the manager was like, do not talk about that. And I was like, Jesus, okay, okay, that's fine. Yeah. We won't. But it's like, there's like, <laughs> that's the thing too with K-pop groups is a lot of time they really want to protect their image. So they're very, very specific on what questions they will or will not answer. And sometimes the ones you want to know the most are ones that they will not allow you to ask, which is also really yeah. sad. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just, it's a give and take about it, but it's at the same time, it's like, 
stop asking like like these bigger publications not to say i haven't seen it recently but it's just like can you stop asking about the same things like they've been asked this like three years ago you know like i think that we saw that a lot with bts when they started doing their media run Mm-hmm. With like mainstream media they were asking like oh my god do you have girlfriends and we're like why are you asking <laughs> didn't the group at one point call out someone for asking the same questions over and over every time they toured to america i i think a group i can't remember who but i know a group called them out and was like why do you ask the same questions every time we come here i, I mean, cannot I remember who would. it was they might get in trouble for that with their management but i kind of <laughs> like I cannot remember who it was, but I remember a group calling them out. Like, you ask the same questions every time we tour here. Why? Ask us something fresh. Yeah. Yeah. They and that's also what I'm saying. Something fresh, too. Yeah. That's, that makes me feel like, you know, the people that are, people aren't doing their research and they're just doing something generic. They're just like, okay, throw it together. They don't look at interviews the group has done before and like switch it up. It It's just, yeah, and it's so sad also to see not only those publications, we're seeing other public, like, well, prominent, like, bigger publications also shut down because it's, like, money, you know? Yeah, the, the root of all problems is, like, it's money. not making money. Which, and... So, like, it's, I hate, I hate, like, I hate running an organization that doesn't have money. <laughs> but, like, because obviously, if you it's are... It's not easy. Yeah, if you are like a, a normal person, you want to pay people for the things that they do. But there's just not enough money in pu- online publications. So like even websites that are like major news outlets, like Wall Street Journal and stuff, you can't read anything without going through a paywall because they're not making money. Yeah, and like, it's sad to say, but print is dead, which is sucks yeah sucks like yeah you'll still like here in america and i i don't i don't know robin you see do you see a lot of magazines in korea no i assume all the the stuff like when they have um feature spreads or whatever are just like online publications well oh shoot hold on when in a momento i mean i have recent like you're gonna freak out when you see the see the one I have, Roxy. But um, I have like magazines. I have magazines where like it is the actual print, and yes. So I buy them because my biases are on there. I wish I could read novel, but you know what? It's still nice to have something physical. You Look know? here. That's a that's a fucking magazine that has Jin Young on it. Yeah, is that the that I bought years ago? But like. Word? The thing, too, is that, like, they're 90% advertisements. Yeah, they are. In order yeah. to be able to actually make money off printing it, they have to add the advertisements. So, yeah, like, if you want free content, like, and you want people to be paid, it just, like, doesn't work that way yeah. <laughs> at all. Like, like and- I, I can honestly remember, like, the last print thing I, like, bought, and it's this. It was an interview that Jin Young did back in Europe when he went there forever ago mm-hmm. and it took fucking six months to get to me <laughs> yeah hold on I want to get it because I hold on because I, I recently bought two hold on be right back it's I think the last life. magazine I bought was um an August D uh he did Marie Claire and um Ugh. Grazia mm. 
Oh, well, she just got Marie Claire. I thought. Yeah. That I have. I mean, advertisement right there. I have this one. Is I have oh a new a new August D Marie Claire. I have like the one from 2016. Yeah, this is the new one, and then I have Felix on the L one. But like, obviously, these things are giant and fucking heavy. You don't see those anywhere here. Like, you have to go to like a specific place to get those. Yeah, and I mean, like, granted, these are like fashion related things, so obviously, it's gonna tailor to the fashion industry but yeah you're right there's an ad right there oh <laughs> i was like Who, who's that oh that's yuki right there sorry um yeah so it's just like ad there's, it's there's mostly different... ads yeah and that's like that pisses me off too about like online media because you can't watch youtube without paying for it without like a shitload of ads Mm-hmm. it's like the the online space i feel like has very much shifted in since the time of like when k-pop content creators were starting people were doing it because they're passionate about it and like that's not really an option anymore unless you do it for free um because there's not really a way to make money and we've seen a lot of the k-pop podcasts as well that we were friends mm-hmm. with sort of fall off too because like you know, you can only do so much when you become an adult, you have to pay bills and shit. You can only do so so much for so long for free. There And also, it's just like life happens, you know? A lot of the reasons why people are also closing is because, you know, they have, you know, different priorities in their life. And that's understandable, but it is sad to see, you know? Especially, like, you've built up, um, you know, cult scene has been around for a long time. And to see them close was just like, wow. That it was made a moment me sad. In, yeah, that <laughs> was a like, moment in history that it's just like, we're never going to get something like this ever again. And it's like, it's like watching, part of it is like getting old. So you're watching cycles happen. Mm-hmm. So like this cycle of something that you came up with is like going away. So it's like, does that mean my priorities have to shift soon? Like, <laughs> it makes me feel old. Cause it's me like, with my YouTube channel. I mean, like, because there, there's a certain part of you, I feel like, that you kind of just want to, at a certain point in your life, you still want to have these outlets, you know, you are nostalgic about, you know, yeah. the point in time where this was. So to have it, like, go away is, like, really sobering and not not fun. And, you know, people don't like change. I don't like, you know, big change necessarily. So it's like, I kind of just wish there was, like, this little bubble that we could all stay in when things were fun but it just like doesn't work that way and now also kind of wanting to bring up the topic of you know we talked we brushed on it ai is coming into the field slowly we're seeing the shift change where like ai is taking over a lot of the content and i'm like i'm like where's the human in it yeah i do i do why is it what i why is it when you said AI, I immediately thought of like the Barbie videos that are on YouTube for like, <laughs> like I immediately started thinking about okay, the Barbie girls and then that robot, like you know the the AI K-pop group that they dropped. Dude, I I cannot tell you how much I hate the fake K-pop groups, and not because like they suck, but like the the concept of like I saw a video the other day because ATs is doing 
the bouncy challenge with everyone and they did it with like an AI. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is not a real person. Like, why are we trying to get rid of real people to do real jobs? See, when we said they cost we wanted too much technology. Money. That's why. See, when we said we wanted technology to advance, we didn't want this. That's what I'm saying. No, like it it's kind of scary how and I think it's taking over a lot, like just not in K-pop, a lot of things, a lot of things. And it's, it is scary to see the landscape change because of AI. And, you know, soon enough, like we're going to like AI is going to outnumber the humans who are working behind this. And I don't want that. <laughs> see, that's why we all have to come together and keep our little space exactly. safe instead of fighting each other. Yes. Because we care about like real take people. Over. When we said that robots were gonna take over, we didn't mean it. We didn't <laughs> no. mean for it to actually happen. I don't want iRobot to actually be a thing. That's why I don't understand why people keep pushing it. I'm like, is money more important than humanity? Were we supposed real? to get floating cars by now? Right? That's true. I was like, are like, we kind of behind? <laughs> like, no, like when we say we wanted hover stuff, not like with like like With not hover still yeah or not hovering just a couple inches we want the whole damn like off the ground when the we ground. wanted moon shoes we really wanted shoes from the moon <laughs> god i forgot about those <laughs> sorry it was really funny i liked that joke no but it's still it's just like this is not like listen i was like how come we're not living like the Jetsons yet? <laughs> you know, that kind of futuristic. But mm. like, like, no, it is kind of scary how fast technology is changing this way. And it's changing the way how our stuff gets put, pushed out. And now we have to adapt to it. There's a whole new brand new social media, aka threads is out there. But it's just like now it changes our sphere of God, we have to put more things on this damn fucking platforms, you know? If you I'm, wanna, I'm so if sick you of wanna... the number of platforms. Yeah. There's so you know many. What, you know what Mark Twan said about threads? He said, wow, another social media app I won't use. <laughs> As he signed up for it, I fucking died. I was like that. Yeah, me. you know what? A lot of, like, when I, on the official jump, right? I was scrolling through it and I was just like, yeah, a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm probably not going to be here much. <laughs> it's just to have he's like another social media app i'm not gonna use i was like mood that's why i don't have it mark okay yeah. so are we about ready to wrap up or was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about on this topic mm, talked a lot to be quite honest we've talked a lot about just i when it comes down to it 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 is very sad to see, especially those who we are friends with or like we've built some sort of relationship or collaborated with, die out. It, it's very sad to see that. And, you know, obviously we understand there's different circumstances as to why these people are closing down, but we hate to see you go. We're still going to support you with what you're doing. It's just, there's less of us now. <laughs> Don't close the circle. Don't make the circle smaller. Because <laughs> at this point, all we have is going to be each other in this space. So also, like Roxy says, just man up, get along with each other. 
let's just be friends because why can't we like dude I'm 30 I don't have it in me to like fight people anymore I really don't like just waking up every day and paying bills and going to work like I'm I'm tired I don't got time for like petty bullshit like I just want to go to sleep I just want to have some fun with my little k-pop stuff and go to bed like that's it I'm gonna take a nap I'm gonna take a nap right here so like I just don't know how people have time to be like angry at other people and I don't know maybe it's because I've had life experiences recently too where you lose people and you know it really makes you think about like what how are you spending your time like why do you spend your time being hateful when you know you could wake up and somebody you care about is gone like it just makes me think like I feel like that changed me a lot I was like you know what it's just like there's not time for petty bullshit. Like we just, you know, we're just, we just do what we want to do and yeah, we should just be friends. Cause there's like no reason to hate each other. There's really not. Yeah. Okay. I will also put this out there. Have, has mistakes happen? Yes. I think any, any sort of thing that you're part of for a long time, there will be mistakes. If you're a content creator yourself, you're going to make mistakes too, where you're like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that, or ooh, I shouldn't have put that piece of content out because that one's not doing as great as I wanted it to do, or it just, it didn't get the response that I was looking for, and you're going to fall and you're going to stumble, you know, are there going to be people that you also meet that, you know, maybe the relationship or the collaboration is not going to end great? Yeah. You're going to have those moments but it doesn't overshadow all the good that you and we are putting out there. It it's it's not going to take away from that. Again, you know, people just have a way of meshing with, you know, the wrong way and it happens. So you take that lesson, you learn from it and you move, you move on to make yourself like, okay, I'm not going to make this mistake next time or I'm going to do better so I'm going to ensure that the relationships I build, the connections I build, and I realize I'm very blurry, um, are not going to be a waste in the future. Yeah, it's about, part of it's about maturity too, because like, yeah, you know, when we started this, we were in our early 20s, or at least I was. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, you kind of make mistakes or behave in like a certain way. And that happens, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've, you know, I've gotten petty before when I was younger and stuff, but like you learn as you get older, like how worthless that is and then change the behavior. So you stop doing that. So, I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a saint. Obviously I've done some dumb shit. Um, But what matters is like growing from that and not holding on to that animosity necessarily either. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have a conflict with a person and like, have a bad conflict with a person but like if like years later you're still like god I fucking hate that person how the fuck is it like it's really just hurts you more than anything rather than just letting it go and be like well that sucked but it's not you know it's not here it's not my everyday so yeah and in summary k-pop is not that deep also that it's like like we're just trying to have fun yeah we all live stressful lives we just want to have fun with k-pop you know that mm-hmm. we don't have to fight about it. <laughs> it's just a little genre just, of music. 
yeah, it, it really is not that deep when it comes to all of that. And it's just like, just make more friends. Like, fucking, damn it, Robin, the song's stuck in my head. I've done I my job. In my head. I, I almost can now sang it. go to bed. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, but uh, I'm off I would. <laughs> but also, like, if anybody wants to be friends, we'll be friends. Yeah, like I think we've always, or at least I'm the one who's saying it. If you want to hit us up on social media, we're not gonna ignore. You. Now, don't cut. Or at least like, try not have- to. Sometimes I forget to check the messages. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's no, there's no animosity there. I'm just if you message me, it's gonna take me three business days to get back to you. <laughs> I'm not joking. I am so busy. I promise you, if you message me, it will take me three business days to get back to you. Oh yeah, don't message me after 10 o'clock. <laughs> no messaging after 10 o'clock, or else I you're gonna get a loopy side of me that's not coherent yet. It's really funny. <laughs> Shut up! You've seen it, but shut up! Exactly, that's why I said it's really funny. Roxy has seen it too. She's seen me work, and she's probably like, what the fuck? She's sending things off at like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, it's the only time I have free. But don't, at the same time, not a good idea at times. But yeah, that I think that, that wraps up, you know, this episode. Um, You know, if you... Like, if you're still out there and you're still doing content creation, whether it is through the journalism side or through other types of mediums, you know, we're here to support you. Know that there's still, like, even though we don't outwardly show it, no, we're rooting for you. We are. And we don't want to lose this community as as it's already growing smaller as it is, even though technically it's growing. The community aspect is growing yeah. smaller. And we kind of yeah. want to bring that back, I think. Yeah. Just if you enjoyed this episode, just let us know. Or yeah. if you want to continue the conversation, leave leave a comment or hit us up on you know social media. Just let us know. You know you can you know where to find them. They're all listed below anyway. That's um, true. Like, because I think this is a great conversation to have outside of the podcast too. And so, let like we really would want to see what people think about it. You know, and let let's still keep that conversation going. So. This has been the Craze Cast, and we'll see you all next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.